This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Chris Billy Huddersfield Town, the most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division Two, Huddersfield. Oi. Thank you. Champion Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stuffer Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Good evening and welcome back to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast recorded live on YouTube. The king is dead, long live the king. As Neil Warnock hangs up his crown, do you hang up a crown? I don't know. Uh, We get an introduction to the Darren Moore era. And after rattling away at us on WhatsApp, we sent our man Richard Kosmala to Coventry. Cosy packed up his prawn sandwiches, salmon and cream cheese bagels, and off he went schmoozing with the corpse down at the CBS Arena whilst the rest of the town fans slummed it in the away end. Slumming it with myself, Matt Shaw, today is a return to the pod after a couple of seasons away, frothing at the mouth as always. It's Josh Quirk. Are you all right, Josh? Yeah, not bad, but how are you? You all right? Good, yeah, thanks. And we've got Cozzy as well. Cozzy, who enjoyed himself immensely, didn't you, down at the uh, CBS? It is the CBS, isn't it? Coventry Building Site Arena in the corporate area. Bit of, bit of schmoozing for you, eh? Yeah, funny, it said, uh, so there's a way fans are welcome, but please be respectful of home fans. And that all went out the window about uh, three minutes to ten. Fair enough. Right, guys, this episode, as always, is sponsored by the wonderful Magic Rock Brewing. As you can see, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see the ticker down at the bottom saying, use the hour code of AHTTC10 for 10% off all online orders at www.magicrockbrewing.com. And you can head there on uh, on the home games as well. It's always decent, isn't it? If you head down on a, as make it part of your pre-match ritual. 
Right, so uh, I think it might be a quick one tonight. So thanks to those who've joined us online. Not many yet. We'll stick the good word out on social media, Cosin. We might get a couple of people asking us questions because the agenda's maybe a little bit bare uh, tonight. But Coventry 1, Huddersfield Town 1. Uh, the first half. Let's talk about the first half first. It reminded me a little bit of uh, premium fothball, if you like, um, at Fotherham, just in that... It was so passive, wasn't it? We just sat off, refused to engage, and it was a it was quite a painful watch. I know Coventry, uh, I think their league position belies how good they they are, really. But it was uh, it wasn't the best, was it? Uh, the first half, Josh, um, and the goal that they scored kind of came from our own undoing as well. Uh, ben Jackson, a little bit of a misplaced pass, and Matty Pearson not going to pick up those, is he? And uh, Ellis Sims, who's a player I've always quite liked, nicked it off him, hits a, an absolute rocket. It's a great save from Lee Nichols. And the looks with Coventry as it hits uh, Ayari, hits his thigh, clips off the inside of his left arm and goes into the goal. It's handball for me, but there is not a linesman and referee alive who will be eagle-eyed enough to be able to spot that. So I'll, I'll, I'm quite forgiving of, of that. There's no chance anyone's got. It's, it'll probably take 15 rolls of VAR to make a decision on that one. But it was just... It kind of just kind of summed it up, didn't it, Josh? Um, it was yeah. a tepid start, to say the least, and then 1-0 down to a, a goal which um, had a, an element of fortune to it, shall we say. Yeah, it was just one of them, wasn't it, where you sort of watch a game and you're thinking, mm. oh, not again. It's going to happen again. You know, we've got Warnock's gone, new manager, are they only, are they only, playing, for, are they only playing for Warnock? It, just, it was one of them games where they were sort of, I think we try to contain cover a little bit, but in doing that, it was just it was just a lot of lumps upfield all the time. And the two lads we had up there in Bergzog and Karoma, we you're not getting out from them, so it was just coming back and coming back. And it was a fortunate goal, but I think they probably deserved it. They deserved it on the balance of the first half, didn't they? It wasn't. I think I messaged you did out of pint and said we we just look horrid here. We can't we can't string two or three passes together. It were it were just rushed football. They just they just panicked every time they got the ball. But um, it was it wasn't the ideal first half, was it? No, Cosy, you were you were there, weren't you? Um, just talk us to us about just talk to us about that first half. 0.07 xg. Sky said it was the worst of any half in the championship this season. Um, tough watch, wasn't it? But We'll talk about the second half after, but the first half, we'll probably skim over it a little bit because there wasn't really an awful lot going on, was there? No, but same old story this season, Matt. Not as lots going on, so just getting with your nil-nil and regroup, but no, we have to make an individual error again. been so many of them. I couldn't believe how naive Ben Jackson was. What were we trying to do? We were never going to bomb past that guy for pace. Ridiculous. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you see in B-team football or under-19s or what have you and that as well. But, yeah, obviously, I'm, I'm his defence out high and dry and that's what's so frustrating. But, you know what, fair play to the... Uh, I don't, it's, it depends on how you look at the goal. Honey, we're kind of a linesman. You can be mad that. And linesman did see it like said, no one, you know, linesman ain't going to see that. But big respect, really, because everyone's just thinking he must be offside. I, don't, I, I think more of the complaint was the offside rather than hitting the hand, I, I thought. And... I mean, again, he can only be getting, I suppose. Well, let's give him some credit, though. But for him not to call that as offside, I think that's pretty amazing, that, to be honest with you, mate. But... I think everyone was just shocked it were given, didn't they? Like, it, it seemed like yeah. a muted celebration as well. He grounded oh, it, he really. I think everyone knew. was waiting for it to be not given. Yeah, he knew he'd handballed it because he was so guilty, wasn't he, when he ran away? He, he almost didn't celebrate. And then, so it's his first yeah. ever goal. And 
you could just see, couldn't you? He knew he'd he'd, touch, he'd handball that into the net. And like I say, it was it was good from the linesman in the first case because he's not offside. It's he's he's run off the shoulder, and Jonathan Hogg's kind of let him run off him. He's maybe either dropped too deep or not gone with his man either way. But when it comes back off the bar like that, such a thunderbolt, it's easy to just kind of stop and watch, isn't it? But and then it's just hit him, hasn't it? Because it's just it's mm. you know, and, and maybe it's luck they deserve because they did boss the first half, didn't they? Yeah, they, they were better than us, but I did a, a kind of a preview with the Conchip guys uh, Sunday night, and they said it'd be cage, it'd be poor. They, they, they were predicting 1-0 wins, and we nearly got it right in the book. So I, th- I think their expectations are pretty low at the moment as well, and obviously doing the corporate and stuff, you get kind of people coming in and giving opinions and stuff, and they were a legend. I don't know, a bit rude here. I didn't know his name, but he was saying, yeah, we take a 1-0, and we've got a, six new players signed, and... Yeah, the kind of the vibe I got there was like it's obviously like the best two players ripped away and it's kind of starting from scratch really for comedy. But like I said, Matt, I think, you know, they are probably better than the position suggests. But that's what hurts me and it really does annoy me that. But I guess that's why we are where we are, you know, bottom bottom third of the table. But just don't make a mistake. If you can't do all good, don't make a mistake. Let's get in as a nil-nil. Obviously, good teams can do that and then kind of pull away, you know, when, when the quality comes back. But... Yeah, we've always got a mistake in this year. It was so frustrating, really. And like I say, Nichols, I mean, we'll talk about that second save later on, but incredible uh, acrobatics, really, to get an hand. And must be gutting, Matt. I mean, obviously, you were a keeper at, at some point in your in your football career, but when you've done something as brilliant as that and it do not count for anything, it must be an absolute... Oh, you must be Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a... It's, a, it's almost like a double kick in the teeth because you, you pull off a... A save like that, and then by the time you know before you've even managed to pull yourself off the floor, it's it's in the back of the net because technically it's it's maybe a defensive error or one of you, one of you guys has maybe let him down or the referees let you down, and you just feel a little bit, you just feel a bit annoyed at the world. Then that's why goalkeepers are so angry, aren't they? Because you know everything, it's everybody's fault, but you know yeah. theirs. And to be fair to Lee it's, Nichols, it's it, was, it was everyone's fault, but his wasn't it? When he's sat on floor watching it roll into the side at net that you feel for oh, him. Yeah. Isn't he? <laughs> again, I We've think got, we all- we all wanted something to book, whether it be a flag or referee spotting anything. It was just incredible. And, and then your party thinks, well, VAR, yeah. but well, then, oh no, we don't have that in our league. And obviously, we don't need to go on about VAR yeah, with town fans and stuff. But yeah, it was just uh, so frustrating that. Yeah, just let's get into nil nil. Tell you what, funny before they game. When Darren Moore, he, he like, he gave him just about to start. Darren Moore, like, come halfway on the pitch right up to the away end and just clapping the others with fans. I thought it was quite funny that. So we had to wait till he walked off to get the game going, but I don't think anyone's going to argue with Darren Moore. But yeah, yeah I can do what he likes, guy. Massive. Yeah, fan. I thought that was good. That, that was a nice thing with that, mate. Just a little thing, really. But yeah, he come right over and stuff. But he came not just stay on the side of it, he came right on the pitch and like clapping for a bit. So no, good. Uh, good to see him making friends with the uh, away fans. Yeah, on smoke says if Karoma had more composure, we could have scored in that first half. And that's probably quite a forgettable moment, isn't it? That it is true. You know, Ben Wiles played. I mean, we we managed to get a break, didn't we? And Ben Wiles played in Karoma, and it was, I think the pass probably could have done. We've been slightly harder, but even then, he's played Karoma in, and Karoma's kind of dallied. He, he didn't have the best game, did he, Josh Karoma? To be honest, oh, nice. I've, I've seen people. I've, yeah, he's just one of those players. Sometimes he, he's he's unplayable, and then sometimes he just kind of. There's a lot of accusations about him maybe being half-hearted or something, which I'm sure is not true. It's just how it comes across, yeah. isn't it? But it's just one of those games where it just didn't work. Um, and I think, to be honest, I think yesterday was essentially one of those games where us failing to sign a striker was really evident as well. Uh, we struggled, you know, Bergzog and and 
Karoma wanted to be out of the box rather than inside it, didn't they? And we've only really got Kean Harrett who wants to be inside the box and he's probably a little bit green around the chops, isn't he? Yeah. Decent, but green around the chops. But I think it was one of those, first half we struggled, didn't we, to get out and it was because we really lacked that focal point up front, you know, the real a sort of genuine number nine just to turn back into defenders and bring others in. And we, and I think that's one game where I've kind of seen it now and gone, mm, actually, do you know what we could perhaps have done with a striker there? I'm not too sure what you were, you guys thought. but Karoma's put straight, Matt. And the one thing, I, I just remember David Attick with the microphone in the, uh, the summer pod that we did, mate, just... Just say, look, because obviously we didn't think we were going to re-sign him, and they want to. He want to ask them to just say, look, for what he'd be wanting and for what he gives you, he's one of those guys, you know, kind of, you know, when he's comfortable, then like when he's got a new contract or whatever. I don't, you know, and it's, it's heartingly. I don't want to kind of bag him straight away, but it's kind of panning up a bit that way so far, mate. I thought we were tipped, poor, and didn't really chase anyone, put any pressure. I mean. We've we've said it before about kind of his body language stuff. That's just his style, really, and that as well. He's never gonna, you know, kind of endear people. The fans like Aki and Eric kind of charge around and what have you, and that as well. But I just wanted to see a bit more from him, to be honest, mate. And yeah, frustrating, uh, really. And Bergsorg, yeah, just offering nothing. But like I said, that's okay. It is what it is. Let's get through a nil nil. But no, we always have to make a mistake. And Ben Jackson did that. Yeah, I'm very surprised online that there's people saying it wasn't handball. Daz says wasn't handball. Sky showed a zoomed in shot and you could tell it wasn't. I mean, Sky showed it zoomed in and you could tell 100% it was, in my opinion. It definitely clips the inside of his left elbow. Um, you can actually see the ball deviate in two different directions. It hits his thigh, moves away, then clips his, his elbow and goes forward. I just found it stunning that Lee Hendry was sat there going, Oh no, it's not it is hands, that's not handball. I thought Lee Andrew was really sort of painful last night. Generally, I don't think he won that. I didn't think it won an handball. Oh mate, it was I'm hundred percent convinced yeah. that and, and to be honest, it did take me having it on my PC, sort of like moving it back and forward to see it, but you can definitely see it hit his arm. Uh, and it's hundred percent. Hundred Yeah, I don't feel Leeds fans saying that, Matt. So when if you're getting that from them, then you know it is, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they usually take a any opportunity to have a, a jump in, don't they? But uh, yeah, Mark Harrison says, we were timid and showing too much respect to the opposition in the first half and played too deep. Played 15, 15 metres higher in the second half. So much better, yeah. So let's come to the second half because that's so much more fun. Um, yeah, there's a lot to like. Sorry, Bolly, the first half. I had a question to you. Question to you. Did you think, obviously, this is new manager continuing what we left off on Wednesday night and I thought we were poor against Stoke. Did you, did you expect different kind of a different formation, a different team, a different fire in the bellies, or were you quite shocked how timid it was? No, I, I think I was going to speak about this at the end, but Darren Moore mentioned um, that in his post-match interview that they'd fed a lot of information over the last two days to the players, and it was a little bit information overload. Um, and I think maybe they were a little bit rabbit in the headlights, um, caught between two methodologies maybe, and you know, some some people do, like David Wagner came in and threw a lot at them straight away, but he had that international break, didn't he? So it's probably not comparable. But um, yeah, I expected 3-5-2 because I think that suits us best. I think Darren Moore's a bit of a, he was a 3-5-2 guy at Chef Wednesday or 3-4-1-2, wasn't he? So for me, it was, um, it was yeah, the right system. I thought he picked the right system. It, I think the passive football was maybe just um, a lot of information taken on in the last few days and maybe a couple of players just caught in the headlights and let's be fair Coventry if they have the ball can be very good as well so it's probably easy to drop deeper but to to credit 
Darren Moore, whatever he said at half times had a had a good effect, hasn't it? So we came out, like Mark said online, we played fifteen minutes, uh, fifteen meters higher, um, and for sure we uh, we definitely looked better, didn't we? Yeah, with chalk and cheese, wasn't it? First half, the second half. I mean, he sort of looked like he pushed he pushed both wing backs, like say fifteen meters up uh, up pitch. It was very much just sort of we they were just we just looked braver. We looked braver on ball. It's looked like we went out there and instead of just looking forward straight away, we'll try and take us time and try and build a little bit, find a bit of space. Radoni then came into the game a lot more. Uh, I'd had time on ball, and then it would just it, the, game, the game just changed, didn't it? It was like that. We're like watching two different teams. Cos, yeah, it was good for teammate and. We did kind of batter them, but we kind of gradually were winning a bit of an arm wrestle against them and that as well. I thought, yeah, I thought the substitutions were good. I did, I, did, I mean, I, there were a few time fans, to be fair, in the corporate, and we were chatting and I said, look, I don't think Stella Moss starts to bring on subs, because I remember mentioning to Matt, I think if Warnock could have been there, you know, and then again, it was interesting, like, listening to the other podcast the other day, which I think is a fair point, where the subs on Wednesday were almost like, well, I'm going anyway, so fuck it, like, let's just sling three on or what have you, where... Darren Moore, it's almost like it looked bad, wasn't it? If you're like with, with making three subs and you know getting off to a, it's not really style, is it? Kind of, I don't think so. I didn't expect much to to change quick, but Sober Thomas, I know, love him or hate him, and God and Bennett, there's the opinion is so divided still on him. He just makes a big difference, really, as well. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, well, we've got him to chat about, haven't we? A little bit deeper down, mate. But um, let's let's start with just talking about. Uh, Nakayama, because he's he's someone who's had to bide his time, hasn't he? Um, he's not played a lot. We we don't really have a, a. He's played quite a lot in the B team, but obviously B team's not exactly ninety minutes of blood and guts, is it? And Cosy will talk about the Bs a bit later on. Um, but he's come back in after almost you know after almost a year out, and I think at times he can get ragdolled a little bit in the penalty box. You know, when we're defending set pieces, um, you go back to Mark Fotheringham chewing him out, don't you, for the Rotherham goal last year. But there were a couple of times I just sort of saw him getting pushed around a little bit and you thought, and you were thinking it's going to be interesting if it's towards Nakayama. But there were there were bits of what he did were, were really excellent. It, the intelligence he shows in in his clearing headers is really good. He, he, you can see when the ball comes up, there's a lot of headers, there's a lot of defenders who'll just head it if you know what I mean, well, whereas Nakayama strategically places, you know, where the ball's going, which I think is quite smart. And there was one moment in the second half where there was a, a direct ball. I think it was Mihal Helic played a, a you know a direct ball out to the left hand side, and Nakayama got forward and he did this really sort of excellent back header um, out to uh, I think it was uh, Headley at that point on the left hand side. And I just and there were just some really smart bits of play from him. And I just thought, yeah, this is the the defender that we thought we were getting a year ago and we thought we were getting this Japanese international centre-back, as Mike Fotheringham famously called him. And um, it was good for me, mate. He, I thought it was good. And it's good to see a defender with intelligence. And you've got Dave Hart To speak of Dave Hartrick as well, because he always says you need a daisy and a dolly. I don't know which is which when talking about centre-backs. But, you know, you, you've got your Mikhail Helic, who's a bit of everything. You've got Pearson, who's a brick wall, really, isn't he? Uh, in, and everything about him is just, a, just solid. And then you've got Nakayama who can do differently on the other side, who can bring the ball out and he can pass the ball. And there was just quite a nice balance there. I know there's not a lot of pace between them all, but it, it's not terrible. But there's just a really nice balance to it, Josh. And I thought Nakayama added something. I'm not going to say an extra dimension exactly, 
But I thought he, he was really impressive, especially when he brought the ball out of defence. Yeah, I thought he had a good game too. I think defensively were good. Um, but yeah, it just gives you that option, especially second half when you saw him, when he sort of went a bit wider and pushed more into midfield because he's very comfortable on ball. It just allow, it allows him to pull push forward just so we're further up the pitch. You know I mean, he usually finds a man with a pass, um, comfortable on the ball. Like, like you said, Pearson isn't particularly, he's, he's there just to get rid of it. So you need to have one of them three centre-halves who's comfortable on ball just to give you that option of a bit of an out ball instead of just whacking it whacking it long all the time. So I think he's done well when he's come back. I don't think he was too bad against um, Stoke either. Um, so I think it's, it's useful to have it to him. Cos, what did he look like up from the, the corpse through the sandwiches and the pims and what have you? Yeah, it looked, uh, I think, what, like uh, Jock says there, I think picking that pass, I thought it was passing were horrendous in the first half and looked like some of them never played football before. But it's like, he's, I, I thought a little bit last night we were a bit more, let's try and keep it on the block rather yeah, than, so. yeah, rather than kind of big punts somehow. Like there was still one or two for my liking, uh, like crossfield passes that were going out for throw-ins and stuff like that as well. But, you know what? There's a problem brewing, I think, because Tom Leeds is going to be fit and ready, and, and might even be fit and ready now. And what? Who's going to move? Because, or is Tom Leeds going to have to bide his time on the bench and that as well? Because I don't know. For me, Tom Leeds gets in my starting lineup, and at the expense of maybe Nakayama. So ah, I'm, as, as, I thought he played all right, but for me, Leeds would be in. And but is there a place for Yuta Nakayama then after that? It's it's really awkward because we never saw him for so much, did we, obviously, last season. And he's got his qualities and, and stuff. Darren Moore might see him in a different role. But, yeah, it's it's an interesting one. And, uh, yeah, I thought Sakamoto as well. It was a kind of night for Japanese. But I thought it was fantastic for commentary in there. He, uh, yeah, I wish we could have him. He looks a player, mate. Yeah, I thought it was all right. I thought there was a lot of... Effort, but not masses of inequality with him, really. I thought Jaheim Headley did quite well first 10, 15 minutes, and then he sort of struggled. But I thought Headley was great second half. I thought, well, not great, but yeah. I thought it was decent second half, and he really pushed forward and, and got to grips with him. I was a bit surprised, actually, when it was him who went off instead of Ben Jackson for mm. uh, for Sauber Thomas. But I, I suppose Ben Jackson's a bit, you know, I think Headley's coming back, isn't he, from a few, missing quite a few games. But, um, yeah, uh, let's talk about... Jack Radoni as well. For me, he was our probably... It's difficult to give a man of the match because Helic was decent at the back and he popped up with the, the goal at the end. But Jack Radoni, for me, not everything works for him in terms of what he tries, but he keeps trying. And I thought he really grabbed the game. Not, I wouldn't say he grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and dictated it, but his drive was so constant. And then I think by the last sort of half an hour, he'd almost worn commentary down through... Uh, you know, his forward running, his hard work. And I, I thought Radoni was really good second half. I thought some of the uh, comments about him were a bit off, if you like, that said he didn't play well. I thought it was good. I thought it was, it was really good. I know there are moments whereby that final pass lets him down or the final shot lets him down, which um, he's improving slightly. But I thought in terms of midfield play, you know, in, in putting himself around and driving us forward, I thought Radoni was, was really good in that second half. And, um, I think he can. I think he's really sort of developing at the moment. It's just that final third, isn't it? When he gets that shooting opportunity, he's just we need more West Brom away and less last season. We don't need to we really. But I th- again, for me, I'm 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 singing his praises quite a lot this season, and I thought that was another good performance from Jack Redoni, Josh. Yeah, I think he's just growing into a role more, isn't he? Um, like you say, just needs to get 
his finishing just needs to get that there a bit more. He had that one at the edge of the box, didn't he, where he could hit anywhere apart from where he hit it and <laughs> keeper's going to have a problem. But I think everything that we did well in second half really came through Rodoni. He was involved in some way, shape or form just because, like you say, he wants to get on the ball all the time. It might not always work, but he wants to get on the football. He wants to try and make some work. He's he's all around the pitch. He's got a nice little like uh, nice little one-two balls with Wiles at times. I don't think Wiles had the best game, but if them two can sort of get a little bit of a partnership, it's something that we can look forward to as fans, especially if we're playing the sort of football we tried to play second half because it was on the floor, it was quick and we were moving it around. And I think that's where you're probably going to get the best out of him. What about you, Cosa? Yeah, I'm obviously a big fan of his... Uh... I didn't think it was his great his game so far this season, but I thought he did enough uh, to always have them on the back foot as well. I mean, I don't know whether we're going to come on to the uh, comments penalty, uh, but yeah, I'm, it's a good time to it's a good time to I, mention it. Um, I see what people think one, online. I, I thought it? he won one and didn't have the time for my up, but seeing it back, I. I but again, I, I think it's similar to mate to the uh, to the goal that they scored and the linesman, you know, could spot the But I think it was an hard one to spot that mate, but. No, I'm thinking 50-50, was not it? Yeah, if that was Premier League bar, I suppose, because you never know these days. But I think the old Baldy Dermot Gallagher's on Monday Monday morning on Sky Sports News saying that should have been a, a penalty. Do you think he's caught him? Do you think he's caught him at I all? Think think... Just, but that, that, there's no doubt that. And if I were a referee, I'd be the same. But <laughs> yeah. exaggerated fall, it'd just make me turn it off of that. Yeah. I know it's human nature just to think, well, oh, you're diving. Mm. Yeah, but... But to be fair, though, Josh, if I'd have been a Coventry fan, or or to say that, I'd be fuming if it were given. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe I'm clutching a bit, but I don't know. It's the replay makes it more of a penalty yeah. than it did on the naked eye. I'll give you that. What do you think? Um, I thought no. Um, I I think if you're going to win a penalty, you've got to properly foul someone. <laughs> I thought to be honest, the, the, this, heads off and legs you know, off. I want I want someone's head taken off for a penalty in that <laughs> jeopardy. But no, no it's. When he goes to initially his first turn, he goes past one man who swings at him and there's a connection and he stays on his feet. I think if he goes down from the first one, it's a stonewall penalty. But the second one, I think he's just, I don't really think it's Binks, isn't it? The defender who I think there's, I think they just sort of come together. I don't think he fouls him. And then Rodoni kind of almost falls over his own feet in some kind of way. Maybe he's off balance from riding the first challenge, but no, not for me, the second one. I think the yellow card was wrong as well by the referee. Um, I don't think it was a foul. I don't think it was a penalty, but I don't think he dived either. I think it was just, I think he was off balance from the first challenge, which would have been a penalty had he gone down. It's weird, isn't it, that you have to go down to get a penalty, and that's what mm. that's kind of frustrating that that encourages the diving, doesn't it? But well, the, um, the Yara this year, bloody hell, you know, uh, just like we should have had one. I won't stop. Which game? Well, it's Stoke game. I think it was on it when it should have gone down, but you're right, mate. Yeah. You're right. You're right. I just yeah. think, yeah. To be fair, mate, away from home as well, you're less likely to get it than yeah. you would in from the south stand. On yeah, I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to sit here and say we were hard done by, but nah, we we weren't really, were we? Um, but uh, yeah. So the uh, interestingly, the the Coventry goal handball. How are people saying no to the Coventry handball? I'm stunned. Daz is giving me hammer online. But this no, um, I was 40, that. it's like 50 50, it's like 53 47. Yeah. But honestly, to be fair, I did have to do it slowly. And the one Daz is on about this probably doesn't make great view uh, listening for people who listen to this. But the, the, you have to kind of like slow it down and play it there forward and back. And you can just see the double movement 
it's about rugby league, isn't it? But you can just see the double movement when it comes off his arm if you slow it and replay it. But people don't have time for that. Stuff, outside, they? They're thinking offside rather than handball. Don't you think? No, or, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think so. You're going like that. I didn't see the replay. Of it, oh, the fair. players, the players definitely were yeah, claiming handball. The players were claiming offside. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, players were claiming offside. Side, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That no one would claim because it's the way his body was. The red. There's no way a linesman. Can, we've we've beat <clears> it to death, but there's no way. For me, there's no way it's um, they can see that. And again, I don't think you can probably see the Redoni one either. Bringing it back to back to the point, it's just there's like a lot of legs in there, and I don't think Binks makes an obvious dive towards him to warrant anything. So for me, it's no. Um, we've I put a poll out on on Twitter on YouTube at the moment, and it's I don't think there's a lot of votes, but there's 33 percent say yes, 67 percent say no. So uh, it's a bit more conclusive than the handball, but not not had a lot of votes yet. Watch that swing. But, um, yeah, so let's talk about uh, the moment which perhaps the game hinged on uh, and the result uh, was a ball in from the right-hand side for Coventry towards the end. Uh, A shot from, I can't remember who it was in midfield, but the save from Lee Nichols, which initially I just thought was kind of straight at him, but good positioning. But when you watch the replay back, he gets his left arm out brilliantly to make that save. And then it spoons to Hadji Wright, who cost a lot of money in the summer. And I thought he was offside at first. So <laughs> if he'd have scored, it wouldn't have mattered. But I didn't realise up on the far side, it's Ben Jackson. I think it's Ben Jackson, the left wing-back's playing, playing him on. But it was just that from the angle they showed on Sky, it cut it off. So he's actually onside, so it would have been a goal. And it's a bad miss. Shades of Gareth Taylor in 95, Cosy, if you remember that one. It was a... It was an absolute shocker, wasn't it, for a guy who was a full international. Looked like Isaac Light, didn't he? The, the Newcastle striker a little bit in the way he moved. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a stinker, but that's a hell of a save from Lee Nichols. Oh, I had a right view of it, mate. I wanted that side of the, the ground. It was just sensational. But you know what? Part of me thought, brilliant today, but doesn't really matter. We've lost 1-0 and, well, it's, it gained us a point. <laughs> Who knows how big that point could be. But it's great to see, Matt, isn't it? The great uh, man, Lee Nichols, uh, a few uncharacteristic errors in the games earlier on, just back to his uh, level best. And the one thing I was going to mention the goal in a minute, but I love that celebration. That that guy gives a shit, man. He, yeah. uh, you know, this isn't a guy who's yeah. made a move to the Premier League or what have you, and that as well. And I'm going to sulk. No, he wants to win, mate, and uh, or at least get some points. So it was sensational, mate. And, and people sat at a mix. People sat around me, Coventry as well, and. Like you know, can you believe that? But obviously, castigating the uh, the rebound. If, if, you're a, if you're a Cov fan, you can't look beyond that miss, can you? That that will just <laughs> yeah. absolutely eat away at you, wouldn't it? It's a shocker. We've we've absolutely been let off the hook there, haven't we? Let's be honest. It's a it's a it's a shitter. <laughs> it really is, Josh. Isn't it? It's one of them, isn't it? Like it probably came to him quickly, but when you've paid seven million pounds for a striker, you want him to react to react and put that in net, don't you? It's one of them. Yeah, it's, but it's, be on ice, it's isn't bad. It, going to that. Yeah, it was bad. It, it wasn't. It yeah. wasn't good. It was good for us, wasn't it? No, but, it was great for know, us. But... Great for us. Lee Nichols, brilliant. Uh, well done, Lee. He's, he's back. He played well against Stoke, didn't he? So, you know, hopefully Lee Nichols is back now. He's got another goalkeeper coach. He's third since the summer, so Adriano Basso has come in and his new keeper two away, coach. So. Two away games, he's made last-minute serves and all, and we've gone on to Yeah, yeah you mentioned that, didn't you, mate? The West Brom one was, was really key as well, so good it's to see Lee Nichols like, back, isn't it? And we just got like we're fizzling out. There were nothing. We didn't really get much forward in the last five, yeah. six, seven minutes, and, oh, come on, Matt. Talk to me, I'll go, because 
I at the first I'm thinking it's a bit of a scramble. It's that like, it's a bloody good goal from us. There's, there's so much there's so much to love about it, but go on, Matt, you'll kick it in. Oh, uh, there's a there's a long ball forward, isn't it? And it's straight to Jurassic Kyle, and he it's brings great, it down. Man. It's it's honestly it's it's fantastic. Play by Udlin, isn't it? Great. Yeah, it's, it's it's classic nineties centre yeah. forward play. It brings it down, ah. plays it out wide, really sharp. Sober Thomas, who we'll talk about at the end, uh, puts the ball in cos, and you can pick up the story. Oh, mate, Kianara, obviously a big part of his fan club, absolute diamond, mate. Because if most people would have been asked, it's like ninety-four minutes. All right, he's on the I'd have just stayed in the box, see if it comes across. But no, Kianara again, like he loves making that near post run, doesn't it? Obviously, we saw it to great effect at Watford last year when he scored. But he wipes two people out, and they doubt him, which kind of leaves Elik there. Obviously, thinking, what the is he doing there? And mate, it was like horrendous because I was at the other side, and when he when he took us, I'm getting slagged off of us on Twitter because I said he just swung his boot at it, and they would say it was like a thing of beauty. But the world stood still. I'm thinking, is it going in here? Because it just seemed to take forever. And then I thought it wide. And and I know there weren't many Tom fans, but they went absolutely wild, mate. They were running at that divide and like, <laughs> and then. <laughs> I was banging on these adverts like, come on. And I'm thinking, well, if you're going to get thrown out of corporate, you might as well do it after you've had a last meal. But it was brilliant. And there was so much good Hoodland, though, brilliant. I mean, he didn't get much of a touch of ball. But again, like what we've been saying before, people don't know what to do with him. And they backed off. And it was like, oh, my God. And you could hear the crowd thinking, what's this? And it, honestly, everyone played a part. It was so good. Thomas, great. Oh, it, it, when, he, when he first in a motion of it, you're thinking, oh, yeah. Good cross, a bit of an awful crossing and all for them. But there were a lot going on there, and you know everyone played the part in a brilliant goal. And Michael Ellick, what a legend, mate! Tell <laughs> what, what I liked about Hudlin, Josh. Yeah, it was a great finish. Tell you what I liked about Hudlin as well. He laid that ball off, but if you look at the view as it's pulled out after Hellick scored it, the man right behind him in box is Hudlin. Yeah, so he's not, he's not just laid the ball. He's not just laid the ball off, let the play go on. He sprinted in box to try and get an end of it. So if Helic don't get there, he's got half a chance, which I thought was uh, were good. But yeah, it's a great Darren, finish by Helic. Darren Moore mentioned just a little guided finish into the top corner. Well, Darren Moore mentioned it in the post match, which makes me think Hudlin's going to get more game time, more chances. But he said Hudlin came on and caused him. He says that I can't remember what the exact word is, like this or something, and just like they didn't know what to think. So chaos, it, isn't it? It, it adds chaos. chaos. I think, yeah, chaos, that's what it, I think it was. Chaos factor. Chaos factor, Hudlin. Every chance he's played with in that game Stockport and the other ones, it's like, he's always done something. And obviously, here in being game, he's, people laugh at him, but his mate, his contribution contribu- to game minutes is pretty sick, to be honest, as the uh, young ones say. <laughs> he's sick. Um, <laughs> I wonder if people underestimate how decent he is at ball, me with mm. ball to feet. Oh, the first thing he did was he, that turn. The first it was thing like he did was that turn in box, turn, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think I think people just look at him and go head on a stick, so he can put ball yeah. into his feet. It don't matter, but he's actually pretty decent with ball at his feet. I love what's been celebrated and all. I like to read in stuff. Maybe some stuff that he shouldn't. And Keen and I were doing a massive run and a knee slide. I'm thinking, why? What? What a kind of a you have to do with that goal? But when you look back, he played such a massive part in that goal by his. Mm. his Ever run and he just yeah, just brilliant, mate. And again, everyone as a team, all there, apart from Nichols, like celebrating. And he just, I, I think you got a good tweet last night, Matt. You mentioned something like the Warnock, what did you say? The Warnock spirit is still there, it is. And Helen yeah. mentioned in the post match interview about Warnock, and 
just that fight till the end mentality is uh, there's nothing better as a fan is there to see your team keep fighting till the end which we lost it totally for, for like six months last season under Fotheringham and Schofield but we got it back and it's a beautiful thing it is you cannot it felt like a win didn't it let's be fair I think someone said yeah, Darren Moore's last team. three games, he's had three 90 minute, 90th minute goals. Peterborough, Barnsley final, and then to then today. <laughs> so obviously he likes it all. <laughs> it's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And just for all them that made the journey, and there was there's a lot being said out there today on some of social media sites about the way followings and what have you. But those people that come in two two and a half hours it was to get down and. That that's why you do it. That is why you do it, man. It's, I just hope no one yeah. left in. Please, no one did. No one messaged us now. Say, I, I yeah. Oh, mate, it's, I, I hate that account that does it. It always slags off everyone's away following the away days thing. It's absolute. Well, I, think it's, I think it's a Sunderland yeah. fan, and it's just one of those. It's a Coventry fan. It's just yeah. the away day fan. There's there's one that's thanks run by a Sunderland fan, and it's just an absolute nobed who just like. Come on a skateboard. They all crap cliches and without taking into account it's a rearranged game from Saturday. You know, you don't have that long turnaround, you've got to take time off work. You don't have fans, you know, in, in Coventry necessarily, apart from Dan Peckett, who can go to the game and do stuff. It's it's a big and then when it's on TV as well, people just go, Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll watch it on TV. Do you know what mm. I mean? And it's it's a it's very easy for me, for people like me, to sort of sit there and go, Do you know what? I'm working till seven. I don't need to take time off. I can just watch it on TV. Whereas People who are dedicated to the cause of the prawn sandwich, like Cosy, who've gone down and watched, you know, driven down, watched the game, and you know, completely different. Fair play to everybody who's gone down. Although I reckon there were about three hundred there, but it'd probably been three hundred and one if Cosy had gone in the away. Yeah, well, that video was well, like a Welsh fire because that video part where they're singing "Ulster, Ulster," it sounds like there's about five thousand there. It's loud, some of the loud. It's almost like the three hundred there. Every single person, even uh, Margaret, were like. Oh, sorry, Maureen. Maureen, Maureen, yeah, Maureen, love. She's and it's big, wild. Honestly, mate, you know when there's sticks and that, mate, he's unbelievable, isn't he? <laughs> he's scarping, he's sticking, he's whistling. Right. And... Yeah, there's some right real but what a, uh, what a finish at the end. And listen, this is even funnier. So I went out mum and dad's night for tea, and they were like, oh, bad result last night. And I'm like, close to getting all, I'm thinking, do you mean? Oh, First game and he's lost. They're like, we've got a draw. What? So they went on sofa score. My mum went on her app. like, that's <laughs> bad. Your mum on sofa score. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at XG. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bonus point at about half past five tonight in uh, oh, in Edmund Mike for Mrs. And Mr. and Mrs. Cosmala. Happy days. Brilliant. Right. You've heard what we've had to say. So um, let's hear the view from Coventry. So it's one thing scoring a, a last-minute goal to get something. It's another thing conceding right at the death, isn't it? Uh, so here's uh, Glenn from uh, Sky Blues Fan TV who gave his thoughts from the Coventry side. Hi, my name's Glenn and I run the Twitter account, the Sky Blue Hub. Um, I've been asking my thoughts on yesterday's game between Cough City and Huddersfield. Um, overall, I didn't think it was a great game of football. I thought it was pretty much lacking in quality. A lot of the time, um, I thought the game was kind of decided, what well, was going to be decided, because I thought we were going to win, but by a bit of magic from Ellis Sims, who turned a nothing ball into a something ball, then it hits a cracking shot that I'm not sure if Nichols tipped onto the ball or not, and then the rebound kind of just hit 
ARE, don't know whether it is chest, his arms or whatever, and yeah, it was a bit of a weird goal. But yeah, I thought we dominated the first half, played all right without really looking that we had the flow that we had last season, but we're quite short in midfield with obviously Casey Palmer being injured. And we haven't got Callum O'Hare. Obviously, Gus Hamer's left. We've lost Jokeres. And just we're still just trying to find our feet at the moment. Um, I thought second half, Huddersfield came into it. I kind of expected what was going to happen. I thought Huddling was going to come on at some point. Um, and yeah, you'd go a bit more direct. Thomas, Silver Thomas came on and did really well. I thought Rodoni started to get into the game a bit more as well. Um just really disappointed in the goal that we conceded. On balance of play, looking at the stats, probably Huddersfield deserved a, deserved a point. But yeah, when you've had the keeper make a wonder save from Matty Godden and then your record signings skied it over from two yards away, yeah, and then to give it pretty much away with the last kick of the game, a draw, is really, really um, disappointing. But it's the way things are going for us at the moment. I think every mistake seems to be compounded by another mistake and then another mistake when you go back and dissect the goal. There's about four or five individual errors that are made. But yeah, um, I think Huddersfield, on balance of play, looking at it, probably deserved the, the draw. I think it's just the manner of it, sort of the more galling for the Cov fans. And yeah, that's unfortunately only one win in the last seven games. Um, so yeah, Robbins is starting to get them. Fortunately, the doubters asking questions and yeah, we just don't seem to be able to see games out like we did last season and and almost we've flipped it now where we used to be a side that had finished games well and the Robins time late goals. Now we tend to seem to stumble over the line and and be architects of our own downfall. So yeah, it'll um, make Saturday at QPR a, a must win game really and realistically if we've got any ambitions of being in the mix in the top six, we've got to kick on um, and win probably two out of the next three games. But we've got Blackburn and Norwich in that mix. In terms of Huddersfield, I think you'll get there. You've got some good players. Probably look short, maybe a bit in the forward areas. Um, but yeah, you, you looked a good, solid team. Helic always impresses me. Nichols is a very, very good championship goalkeeper. Um, he probably could play higher. Um, Karoma, I always like, I think he's good on the break. Rodoni is always someone that Cough fans in general have liked, and obviously you've got Sorber Thomas. You can bring him off the bench if he gets his act together. He's a real good asset at this level. So I don't think you're the worst team in the league, but yeah, it's probably going to be bottom six, and and you're in a mini league to finish top of the bottom six. There we go. Uh, you can see, you can hear the anguish almost still, can't you? In, in Glenn's voice, he's still. And that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? That's football, isn't it? You've got us, we're quite happy and chirpy. But I can guarantee we'd all sound like Glenn a little bit there, wouldn't we, if it was us conceding the 94th-minute goal? I don't think you'd be on here, Josh, would you? You'd be like, you'd be in your bedroom crying under your quilt, reading Harry Potter or something. You'd be absolutely, you know, it's just football. The emotions football gives you. Fantastic. Um, Let's talk sober, Thomas. Um, I I thought you were going to jump in there. Yeah, just sure, mate. the really snippets. I did a similar one for Stoke and got a backfired on them because I thought they looked really good against us. So I thought you'll see this enough come from now. So, yeah, when I saw they were 2-0 down and going to all on uh, Sunday dinner time, I thought they caused my predictions to again. But he called everything right, didn't he, really? That I think, you know, I think we did probably deserve the point. He is right about us kind of as key players and 
hell it, it's interesting to stand out and I know you kind of Cosy, what what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Who pulled me on, you know, maybe getting a move on? Because he's, you know, the, he's the one, but I think mm, Alex... No, 28, 28. 28, I think Alex uh, turning a few heads and just shows, doesn't it? Just so. random play, but you've got to be pretty... Know your division to know a lot of other two players, isn't it? Because we're not really a top team that are much on Sky. So fair play to him, mate. They're really good. I think they're really good at them little uh, away fan as uh, kind of assessments. Raw after the game. So let's hope we're getting yeah, into it on Saturday saying, God, it's a second defeat against us. I can't believe it, Come on. Well, I'll tell you, mate, you've, you've teed me up nicely there because you don't get much rawer than the away day log. So... If you want to do the away day log, please get in touch with me because uh, we've had the same person do it again this time. And it's Josh Phillips again who went to the CBS Arena. And this is how Josh's day unfolded. Good evening, town fans from inside the CBS Arena. Just under 40 minutes to go till kickoff. We're here in the concourse having a beer with the town fans. Got here about an hour and a half ago. It's... Uh, Stadium, obviously, it's a bit in the middle of nowhere, so it's not the best for an away day. But they've got a bit of a little bit of a fan zone going on outside, um, so it's not too bad. You can get a drink there. Uh, team new just come out. Presumably, it's uh, three-five-two with. I, th- I think it's going to be Ben Jackson right wing back, which I personally wouldn't wouldn't go with that. But I hope I'm proved wrong. Um, yeah, bit of. Uh, I think everyone's thinking the same, really. You know first game under Darren Moore we're not sure what to expect how the players are going to react here's hoping they they put in a good performance and we can get something half time at the CBS arena town 1-0 down dubious goal I'm with my good friend James Taylor before I bring you in don't be fooled by his accent he's not a Coventry fan Huddersfield Town is his second team He's a Wolves fan, but uh, Huddersfield Town, it's close to your heart, isn't it, it's fair to say? Oh, yeah, very much. Yeah, and what, what's your thoughts on the first half? Oh, it's been poor. It's been poor. Um, void of any real quality from both teams, I'd say. I think when Coventry attack, they look better. But anything that's gone in the box has been handled quite easily by the three defenders there's nothing yeah. apart from the goal there was no real very dubious goal yeah yeah I think it's handball, handball. it's yeah. clear handball onside but handball the, the fellow didn't even celebrate no he thinks it's going to get him the free kick yeah it was definitely handball yeah. from where we were viewing it um, but apart from that town don't look 
We've offered nothing. Have no, we? no, they don't look at an attacking threat whatsoever. It's, it's been our, I'd say, worst half of the season. From what I've well, seen. It's the first time I've seen it. First game. <laughs> yeah, not not good. What what can we? What, can, what do you think we need to do in the second half to improve it? Um, is the transfer window closed? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, Matty Pearson's been quite solid. Uh, go, uh, but going forward. They just need to be a bit closer together, like they're on the same team. There's not really much. I think the issue with the for the goal, Jackson playing right back, no right foot. He had to turn back on his left, gave it away. For me, I'd like to see Thomas come on at right wing back. Yeah, just someone with some in, attacking intent, I think. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Things can things can change. Let's hope they do. Get in there! So 94th minute. Oh, I don't know who scored. Goal. I don't care. Get in. Well, we're stuck in traffic getting out of the car park, but I couldn't care less. 94th minute equaliser. Wow. Sum that one up. That was brilliant. I didn't see it coming, didn't see who scored, but... Yeah. Helling, yeah. I think. Um, I felt like we deserved a point. Second half, totally different team. Yeah. Totally different second half. Actually playing a bit of football, changing it up with the long balls, and uh, Sorber made a difference when he came on. Yeah. Yeah, she looked with a bit of intent. Yeah, uh, and looked a different team. Coventry didn't really thought, do much. I thought from minute forty-five to about seventy, we looked likely to equalise, but then it it felt to me like they were happy to just hang on for one nil, and I thought they were going to get it. Mm. Well, yeah, happened. obviously. <laughs> to the last second, I mean, yeah. it should have been last kick of the game. Yeah, it was literally that late. Yeah, but then uh... they got a corner after that. Yeah, positive signs though that Darren Moore was able to get a tune out of him second half. He obviously yeah. said something at half And time. there was that save from the keeper, Nichols, from yeah. point blank range. Don't know how he saved it, but yeah. and again, the, if that goes in, it changes the game, doesn't it? And this guy, the, this guy, the rebound, which yeah. uh, may have been offside, but... Great yeah. point. Great, great, point on the great moment yeah. in Darren Moore's first game, and that's something to build on. Yeah. And uh, onwards and up as we go, up the town. Mm. There you go. The the contrasted emotions, Cosy, is what what I was saying there from uh, Josh Grealish and Co. Um, yeah. So let's talk about Sorber Thomas. We started to a moment ago and then uh, we went off it, didn't we? But he's had a a strange old season so far, hasn't he? He's he's up and down. I'm, I'm thinking of an analogy, but none of them are suitable. He's he's very sort of up and down this season, isn't he? He's you know against Stoke, he, he had a bit of a, a stinker. Got an assist, didn't he? But a, a bit of a stinker by uh, by all accounts is the general consensus, and then he comes on with with a point to prove to the new manager against uh, against Coventry and, and really um, took that right wing back slot and and drove Coventry backwards. And there's a number of I think a couple of years ago I think we looked at Sauber Thomas as solely a dead ball specialist really, but all of a sudden this season he's putting a number of really good balls into the box in open play as well now. And there's a lot of threatening balls, and obviously he's, he's he's the one who puts the ball in the box for the goal as well. Um, it is an interesting season. He's, I, th- I think he started okay with Fotheringham, fell out very quickly, fell out very badly. I think, and I think similar was happening with Warnock, where they started off great, where he he, he was telling lots of Sauber Thomas stories, and then it seemed to maybe sour a little bit. And now he's got another manager, Darren Moore. And maybe Darren Moore might be better for him. Do you think Darren Moore seems more of a 
uh, and maybe I'm completely wrong on this, but you know, I'm always led to believe Darren Moore's an excellent man manager. Very, he can be very cuddly when he needs to be. Um, you know, put your arm around Sorber for me is a player that needs an arm around him and telling him how great he is, despite it probably being really annoying when he's when he's very cocky around the place. But I don't think sort of the neg- any negativity helps him. Do you know, if you tell him that he needs, you know, you're not playing well, you need to work harder. I don't think that sort of thing works with him. Whereas I think it's the old arm around the shoulder and, and persevere with him. And he's come up trumps. He's, he's, he's given us a very hot and cold week, hasn't he, Josh? Yeah, I think he's one of them. Like you said at the start, I think he just looked like he had a point to prove, didn't he? Being left up bench. I think he just looked like that you're not going to, it was sort of performance that you put in when you're telling your manager, I'm here and you're not going to leave me on bench on Saturday. Because when he when he's firing and he's doing like he did there, he's just well. I mean, the Cov fans that Cov fans said didn't that we just heard from. He's a real asset. I mean, it, when now he's got the ability to when he's knocking it past a man and putting a ball at box that's not just a dead ball, he's a really dangerous player to having your team. Um, we just need to try and get that out of him week in week out because then you've got a real player on your hands and it's whether like you said, Darren Moore can just get it out of him. You know, like you said. When everything that's come out of Chef Wednesday and everywhere else has been, I said he's a great man manager. So you wonder if he's the sort of bloke to put his arm around him every week and say, "Look, you know, what I mean, you're my man. You can do this. I'm going to play you." And just, just get him to a level where he thinks he is the man. That's when I think you probably get the best out of Sober Thomas like that season under, like when we got to the uh, to playoff final. He, he was seen as the man, wasn't he? And he sort of thrived off that. And then that's where it's gone a bit Pete Tong for him, really, because he sort of dropped off when. He's, he's hit a bit of poor form and then fans have got on his back and it's it's not worked for him. So you just hope we can get the best out of him, get a man who can get him fit and firing. What do you reckon, Cos? Is, um, it must be draining, you know, sort of with, with having a character who's so up and down like that. I suppose for a manager, it can be a little bit draining, but when he's, when he's good, he's very important, isn't he? Yeah, I've said it before that, I, you know, for me, I, I didn't see my town shirt this season. Obviously, the Blackbird thing didn't work out as well. I think uh, I look around. I think we've got a pretty ordinary bunch of players, to be honest with you, Matt. That you know, there's no disrespect, but I'm looking up a match winners, people who can affect a game, people who can win a game, and I do like what I'm seeing uh, from Thomas sporadically as well. And yeah, we, I thought they were really poor, but there were a lot of poor players in that first half against Stoke, so it didn't surprise me that he were on the bench last night. But again, that I think it's a really good sign that it comes on with a bit between his teeth rather than talking up. Obviously, you'd expect that surely with a new manager in there as well. But yeah, it's just frustrating that we've got this love of it relationship. I don't like it, me, when players, you know, some people just walk, oh, there were a guy next to me in that car last night town for absolutely. I don't want to repeat what I was saying about him, but some people have just led their mind upon him and that as well for whatever reason. But yeah, I tend to just try and be positive really as well. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Moore gets the best out of him because it's, surely he's got to get the best out of him because he's a guy who come and win us a game and get some points as, as we saw last night as well. So, yeah, I'm hoping this renaissance will uh, continue on Saturday. I'd be interested to see if he gets a start against Dipswich. I can't wait for that game. It's going to be an absolute cracker that in it on Saturday. They sold their end out, you know, with Moore's first game in, in the stadium and stuff as well. I think they play some great, exciting football. I think we'll go to, to I can't wait for Saturday and I'd like to see Thomas start but obviously, yeah, someone's going to have to make way but no, it's uh, it's good to see, but like you said, Matt, he just seems to be a not a store popper, but he's just a charade, really, isn't it? Like it's going to be like this. This is just always wired up. He's just different. 
then that's the skill of management, isn't it? To know your player, get your best out of them, and try and not let them. But I agree with you what you were saying. I think Warnock, you know, we had that loving. Do you remember that video at the start when they were in Cornwall when it were like torrential rain and Ronnie were pushing him out of the of the van and what have you and stuff? But it kind of went from that to I think Warnock wanted to push him out down Leeds Road down to the bus stop, Ronnie, by the end. So yeah, let's see where Darren Moore can get in. Uh, speaking of Darren Moore, um, we've done a Darren Moore podcast, a deep dive into Darren Moore with thoughts from people who've, who've known him, seen him, uh, worked with him. Um, so that's available on uh, our feed, if you like, uh, and YouTube. So you can check that out. So I'm not going to go into too much detail of my opinions on Darren Moore because I did that on that podcast. And I don't really want to go over all ground again. But Cosy, you've not really given your thoughts, have you, on the podcast on the appointment of Darren Moore? Um, I thought it was interesting, Michal Helix's interview at the end on Sky, saying, you know, how the players really love Neil, etc. And there were a couple um, upset in tears, if you like, at um, him leaving. Um, and then they see, but Darren Moore's the kind of character, a big enough character who can, not many people can replace Neil Warnock in terms of character, but Darren Moore's not a bad, not a bad one, is he, to try and do so? No, it was a bit of a strange one for me, Matt, because obviously no one really knew anything. And all of a sudden on Thursday morning, really, wasn't it? It's uh, becoming clear that we're going to be Darren Moore. And my first instinct was like, meh, you know, kind of. But the more and more I thought about it, pardon the pun, the, uh, I just felt this is what we probably need, to be honest with you as well. Because I just think... You know, again, nicking stuff from the other pod and that as well, but I do agree what they were saying. It goes to become the Neil Warnock show, didn't it? I think Uddersfield Town and honestly the the fan base love we all love Neil Warnock so much, it's you know, you're still not gonna get people agreeing with the decision. I know some people are like, I think now I'm not going again, they've sacked Warnock and blah blah blah. But yeah, Darren Moore, good record. Uh unfinished business really, uh, point to prove. I, I I don't know about you, but I'm always one of those, you know, when you tune into your football programmes, I can't, God, because we didn't have a game on Saturday, I had a misfortune hearing Paul Merson talk and Clinton Morrison and people that just turn you up. But when Dan Moore's on as a pundit, I, I like, I'm engaged with him, mate. I'm listening. I'm I'm thinking this guy talks sense. I, I, I get what it's on about. I want to hear what he's got to say. So I'm thinking this is just me as a random fan. Hopefully our players is, is like thinking the same as well and, uh, yeah, I find it interesting as well. Obviously, rebuilding the academy and probably touching in a minute about the B team shambles that I saw today. But there's a lot of work to do on that side, which I think more is uh, hopefully going to be about, uh, you know, to involve with it as well. But yeah, I just think we're where we're at and everything that I think is a really good appointment. And like people have said, the more and more each week passes, Sheffield Wednesday's decision to part company looks a shocker with him as well. But yeah, no, I do. I think it's one of those. I don't think you're doing a knee slide, but I don't think you're, you're mad. But I honestly think that if it had been following anyone else, but Neil Warnock, most people would have been buzzing. Whatever happened in the summer would have been buzzing. Well, buzz is not buzzing, but like really happy. But because he's followed Warnock and on the back of two wins and a draw, I think it's a bit of an issue for some. And, I, and that's why I'm so glad we got that late equaliser last night, because even at that stage, it's like, oh, we've lost and that wouldn't have happened to Warnock. And, and then we've got a tough game against Sitchwich. So, no, mate, as, as ever, they've got even bothering them when we've had Chris Powell and, and whoever. I, I've always backed him from the start and he always will do that. It's kind of my DNA. But I can't understand some of this, uh, not hatred, but 
I get people had Warnock's but a Warnock favourites, but he's just a bit disappointed. Like the king is gone, long live the king, but let's move on. But some people were and uh, yeah, it's it, we're never we never gonna last the Warnock thing and I think it's just come earlier than everyone thought. I think time will be healer on that, but honestly it's nothing it's a great win against Ipswich won't change, I don't think, on Saturday. It just needs something like that, I think, to get everyone on board because I'm on board, most are on board, but I think something like that on Saturday, a big win against a, a team who are flying and in the stadium and the stadium rocking, I think, yeah, everyone will be up for it then. What about you, Josh? Uh, a bit underwhelmed at first, to be honest. I think it, But I think it was more to do with probably the timing of it. I think because if it had happened at the end of the season, say, if Warner could have left, which, I mean, I'd, I'd openly say I, I didn't really want Warner to come back. I thought I wanted him to ride off into the sunset and have it done. I think if we'd have got someone like Darren Moore in then, I think it'd have been a bit more like, okay, yeah, I can, I can see why. You know what I mean? But I think with everything that were coming out of the club and the press conferences and this three-year plan that's been thrown about now of getting back to top flight, I think when when it sort of just builds up expectation, doesn't it? So when Warnock left, everyone's sort of thinking, well, who are they going to get now that's really going to kick it on? And then when it sort of comes out as Darren Moore, you're a bit like, oh, all right, okay, yeah. well, I don't see yeah, why. Yeah, it didn't quite match. Is he now, isn't he? Uh, so yeah. we, you've you've got. Yeah. He, he didn't match the expect. He didn't match the expectation. I think as as the fan base, we probably built up what we were what we were maybe going to get. But now he's here. You've you've just we've got to get behind him, haven't we? Really, and see see how he goes. Uh, right. We'll take a couple of questions from you online. There's one or two that have uh, come through, uh, and then Cosy uh, went to watch the bees today, so he's going to give us a. The talk on the birds and the bees. Right. So uh the first one is Phil Peck says who who would be Moore's preferred option up top until January? I think mm. Moore kind of plays a three five two, doesn't he? Um I still think Danny Ward gets picked when when he's fit or if he's fit. Um, but he has to be fit. I don't think he has been all season. I think Danny Ward probably as you're nine and then you you're looking to play Bergzorg or Kean Harrett off of him, I would imagine. Uh, but I think they'll play two up there. And I, I don't think, I think sometimes it'll be maybe Bergzorg and Harrett. I just think sometimes you need one that's going to go in the box and one that's happy to go out. And we had two that were too happy to be out of the box on uh, on Monday night. So um, I think probably something like that combination. Cosy, what do you reckon? Yeah, I don't rule Udling out of it, Matt. I think maybe, maybe I might be overreacting a little bit to the goal and, and you know, 10 minutes of play last night. But I think there's always one when a new manager comes in who you just don't think it's anywhere near. I mean, Warnock obviously brought some people back from the dead, as he, he calls it. You know, Josh Ruppels kind of was, was one Chrome another and stuff. Well, I don't know what we're doing, but less said about that, the better. But, yeah, it's uh, it's a big ask for a kind of a novice uh, striker in the EFL to lead the line. But... Yeah, I think I think that's quite interesting. I don't think we we're definitely short of striker. I think last night proved all that. But to get there, yeah, I, I don't think there's there's a big favourite out there because I think most of them, much 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 of them, much of them, they've all got their different kind of skills. But it's uh, if I'm a striker or one of those key and Arrow, you know, obviously Ward Ward, it sounds like he's a bit of fitness and stuff like that as well. I think it's a battle royal on for your uh, for your two spots or one spot depending on what formation he plays, but. Yeah, no, I'm 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 part of the Carlisle fan club now, mate. Just uh, love what he brings. I love his, you know, just his. I I I think ten minutes of chaos is is good for Hudlin. I think any longer, and I think people probably work him out. Um, 
maybe. But uh, what about you, Josh? What are you going with? I think it'll probably be Ward just because of lack of options, really. But I don't think he's yeah. a shoe in to start. I think now, I think now, sort of Warnock's gone where you probably knew Danny Ward were going to start every game if he's fit. I don't think that's probably the case anymore. I think it might be on a bit more of a game and game basis. Because, you know what I mean? A lot of Harrods come in, he's done okay, to be fair. Um, you know what I mean? He's, he's worked hard, he's shown in some games that he can hold his own, especially I think with Rotherham when he were partnered with Bergzog. We looked pretty, they looked pretty decent um, in that game. So I, th- I, don't, I, don't, I think Ward, when he's fit, will probably be his first choice, but I don't think he'll be nailed on week in, week out. <laughs> yeah, if he, yeah, and if he's fit. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, Chris Green says, do you fear Ipswich Town? They're flying high and all credit for for them by taking the league for, by storm. No team is completely invisible. With home advantage, we could manage a draw. I mean, I look at that Ipswich team and I just think, there's no one there that frightens me in the team. They're just an incredibly well put together unit, aren't they, in terms of how they play together. And they're, very, and they're quite unique, I suppose, in some of the football that they play. The, the managers, McKenna's done an incredible job, really, when but I'm looking at a midfield with like Sam Morsey in it. Um, yeah, Taylor, they've got... Yeah, Luango came off the bench, I think, when I had a look. And there's players there that have kind of dropped from the Championship to League One and just been... Yeah, do you know what I mean? And George Hurst up front and, and things like that. And you just think... I mean, it, if it wasn't for the manager, would they be as good as it? I think all credit goes to the the, the head, head manager slash head coach. It's which he's done... He's done an incredible job. Hasn't played an incredible brand of football. I'm using Cosy's buzzword of incredible there, but he, he's just. I think everything sort of points to the head coach being really good. Um, I think someone else comes in there, and I don't think those players are. Maybe it's like a Warnock thing. Maybe those players are, are half as good. But and I think because of that, you can catch them on on days where they won't be fully at it. So I'm, I'm fully expecting them to tonk us four 0 Now I've said that with Sam Moore's again a hat trick, but. They seem to win um, either three two or four three, don't they? They just they seem to score a yeah. load of goals, but concede a load as well. So, yeah, I think that's the football they play. They very very much play out from the back. Uh, a lot of movement. I mean, I think I think we can get into them and beat them. To be honest, but I also think they could paste us. It's it could go either way. Yeah, I don't, I'm not scared of them. It's a game to be excited about. Uh, kind of Chris, there. I don't go with any fear. I just like most people will think they're going to be beat us. They've sold out their their end of like two weeks ago, so they're there. Can't wait to get back up. Obviously, Freddie Ladapo, Matt, one of our uh, old friends from the... Again, uh, another, another one who were gashing championship, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. But I just think it's a, a cracking game to have. I really do. I think, yeah, they, 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 they'll come to win. They've won six out of seven. They'll come to win number seven. And uh, what have we got to offer? What are we going to throw back? I think there'll be a big crowd in there. It's Yes, yeah, I can't wait, mate, for Saturday. Yeah, it should be a good one. Uh, and then Chris says uh, he's thinking a, a Darren Moore Q&A, one in person should happen one day. Chance for some fans to ask him some questions. Yeah, I'm sure we we could we could do it if the club had let us. I'm sure they you know, doubt Magic Rock, I'm sure it'd be a great event, wouldn't it? Um, but yeah, uh, I think that's it. Thanks for uh, questions online. And we will finish today with uh, Mr. Kosmala um, donned his flat cap, took his imaginary dog for a walk and went down to Canal Side, didn't you? And uh, took in the bees. Yeah, I get a random day up in the week, me, and a lot of times seems to be Tuesday when we have a the game, the summer champ. I thought I'll have a wander down Canal Side, have a look at that beautiful mural before the gates open and car goes in. But yeah, a bit concerned, I'll be honest with you, our academy. I, I don't know if anyone else has noticed, but the time of writing, what is it, eight? It's at nine or six. There's no match report, amazingly. That's because we got absolutely battered 6 2. But it is. Uh, 
It's a concern, really. I mean, Tom Iopender looked absolutely sensational. He scored a fantastic goal. He created the other goal. He's bulked up. I loved what I saw of him last year in the Youth Cup. He looks the player, mate. He looks like the next cab off the rank. But after that, I'm proper struggling with anything. And it were interesting seeing David Weatherall there cut a, cut a bit of a figure on the sidelines. Obviously, the man to shake everything up, to bring in the other age groups and to make the academy good again. But it's, uh, yeah, maybe maybe I might be overreacting on one, you know, a couple of snapshot games. But just, I don't know, Matt, these uh, off the field played but didn't really do much. Shepherd Wednesday, I suppose they have a lot of players that look good, but I suppose BT football and first team football, it is uh, it is quite a you know step up. But I don't know, do you share my concern, Matt? I just think, there's so much work to do. I don't think there's much knocking about, mate, now. And yeah, you no, can I went, I went into this. Um, I'm going to let Josh go because I went into this a couple of weeks ago, didn't I, on the podcast? And I was probably not very kind to the previous chairman, who I generally am quite kind to, but in terms of the academy, no. Um, absolutely <laughs> nothing, they said, nothing they said they would do when it was closed has been followed through and done properly. Sorry, um, just another <laughs> thing that I thought about, sorry, today. There were people rowing with each other, and I get we're getting absolutely battered. But there were people. Obviously, you can hear it as plain as day when you it's players, you? yeah, players rowing. Yeah, yeah. People proper having a go at each other. We're pretty embarrassing to hear, but was it the pain of getting turned over by six and stuff? But I don't know. I just drove out of there thinking it's not in a good place. Our academy, and obviously, probably probably the people in charge would agree with me uh, if they were on here as well. And there's so much work to do. Don't like there's much happening there, there for me. No, Josh. I sort of agree with what you said. Really, it's just it was sold on like a bit of a Brentford B model on it, and we hadn't really sort of followed that route. To be honest, it's a bit bit sort of wishy washy with what we've done. Um, I think that B team, you've probably you've probably lost three players out of there who were probably key players for him in like Kamara, Diara, and Harrett, who probably who normally all would have been there last season when they were doing well, and they are. It's it's hard to replace them really when we're sort of picking lads up from who've just been released from sort of lower down clubs or playing in sort of London XYZ Academy and things like that. It's, you're bringing them in at 16, 17 year old and trying to, when they've had no real proper academy background, I'd imagine you're trying to get them up to speed. So there's a few in the, yeah, but they get released sort of thing. And then you're trying to coach them up to a certain standard uh, against lads who have probably been in academy since sort of eight and nine. It's it's quite hard work. So hopefully when we do set the academy up, we can. It's, I mean, it'll take time. They take time, don't they? You, they're not. It's not a guaranteed success, and you're not going to get success in first couple of years of setting up an academy, which is probably that's a bit of a shame that we we closed it when we did. When players that have come through it, like your O'Briens and stuff, we made ten million pound of all came through the academy, even though we'd scrapped it when when he actually got to first team level, they'd come all the way through, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, isn't it? How much does it will it cost to set up in the format that we want compared to what it costs now and that as well? Because it just I was thinking today, God, you've got to play, play all these players, food and accommodation, all this carry on. What are we talking a few yeah. million? What yeah, or not? a couple of million to it's, run to academy? Well. I think I think oh, from from memory it was like one point around one point three four million a year for running a cat two academy back in twenty seventeen. But you get a lot of um, funding uh, for it as well so it's not like the club has to find that you do get quite a lot of grants and funding that comes in to cover quite a lot of that um so um 
yeah, it's it is expensive, but um, I think if it's done properly, it's worthwhile. Town look like they're maybe. I don't know what they're going to go for. I don't think they've announced what stage they're going to go for, but if they go for Category 3, that's cheaper. Well, I think uh, they said Category, category 3, aren't they? I think they said Category I 3, think, I there. thought they had. I can't remember if they said that officially. Yeah. But yeah, I think Category 3 they'll go for and then maybe build up. But for me, I'm, I'm very much do it or don't bother when it comes to the academy. Do it properly or don't do it at all. And that you can't half ass an academy. You've got to do it properly. And it's just one of those things. Uh, you either you either commit to it fully or you don't do it at all. And and town just haven't really done anything in the last couple of years. It's been you know they haven't really brought anybody in that they said they would. You know in terms of financial, I know town financially haven't been the best off, but it just seems to have been fallen down the fallen by the wayside. But it's um, I'm sure there are there are some good players like you mentioned. Cause uh, you know we've sold Kamara, didn't we? Um, for a couple of million, we've. Tommy Arpenda's coming through looks decent. He was released by Brighton, uh, so he's been in in, the, in an academy for quite a while. And there are there are a couple of good players there. And I know they don't focus solely on results, and they do look for different challenge in game challenges, and they're looking to move individuals through rather than teams, so the result doesn't matter. So I suppose for fans, it's very difficult, isn't it, seeing a team lose six two. But the focus could be completely different, you know. For the coaches, it could be completely on getting certain players to do certain things in certain areas, and they don't care if they mess it up three times and we concede three goals. It's trying to drill certain things into players. It's, um, it's, uh, yeah. So it's, it's difficult as a fan looking in to understand it when when it's a results business. But they they do try and do things very differently. But. I I still don't think there's anything that they've done which couldn't have been done on the old system, really. Um, the bit I like the most is sending people out on loan more often um, in ter- in the, the job. They, they What do they call it? They call it work experience, don't they? So they, they kind of yeah. incrementally move them up year on year. And I do think that's worked. Whether Would we have been able to do that on the, the old system? Probably not, because you used to have a, a regular run of under-21 games or under-23, as it turned out. So, you know, you had to have enough players to cover your under-23 games weekly rather than being able to set your own B teams up and send players out on loan at certain points. So I do get a lot of the theory behind it. It's just not really working at the minute. And I do prefer the, the, the older system, but I do think you either do you either go big or go home with an academy because that's that's the only way to get parents and kids in is if you have a great academy, if you, if it's a... If it's okay, then they'll pick someone else and you'll miss out on players. So, but you know, it's a challenge for them. And I've, I've, there's some good people down there. You know, John Worthington's great down there. And, you know, there's a lot of good people. David Weatherall, I think, is a great appointment as well. So I, I, I do think they'll turn it around. I think there's, like I say, there's definitely some good people. But as soon as they start to put some focus into it, I'm sure it'll, I'm sure it'll, it'll go in the right direction. But um, yeah, it's not quite really gone to plan as at the B model but I suppose you have to be realistic and say when they set this up they were in the Premier League and there were there was no sanctions on being able to bring players in from abroad either so you know Brentford were bringing in Danish players left right centre weren't they and we thought and we've gone to a little part of France and got players from France we got Diara Aina um, we even got a Dutch right back was it Pato the right back who didn't yeah, quite did. work out and you know so we, we've done it Um just that when that when that door closed, that just made the current system, you know, it was un, un, not untenable. That's not the right word, but it it just it just when the door closed, it just it just shut the whole idea down really. And 
unless you can afford to go out and pay British prices for British players like uh, we did with uh, Pat Jones um, initially, then the prices are a bit higher, aren't they? Although locked in E Triple P, but if that player then ends up in your first team, then you can, you know, and you're buying him from a Category One team, you can end up paying 1.5 million quid. And why don't you just go buy a, a ready-made player for that? You know what I mean? So it's it's difficult, and there's a lot that you've got to weigh up when when navigating E Triple P. There's a lot more that I could go into, which will bore the absolute pants off everybody that's listening. And I won't bother, but you know, it's just, it's interesting just, that they've gone down that route. That's all. Totally, oh, totally left field. I'm wanting an agenda, but Pat Jones. I was looking at him last night at the bench. Where where's he kind of at with everything at the moment? I, does he need a loan out or, or whatever? I just it's. it's I was just hamstring, isn't it? Is it concerned it's, me? Like, what, where where are we going to see him? What, what's he going to be doing? You want they've got to manage him. They've got to manage him, haven't they? He's got. He, he does have issues around. I can't remember if he's got. Hamstring, some hamstring issues. He got injured on Welsh international duty last year when he had a little niggle, and it took him a long time to come back from it. And it's, it seems to be one of those one of those young players who's got the growing pains, doesn't he? Who, who kind of through the ages of sixteen to twenty one just keeps getting injured, and his, his body seems to be struggling with a lot of things. Um, and he'll probably he'll come through it. Just hopefully, he still has that that pace. Um, but yeah, I think at the minute they're having to manage his minutes quite a lot and manage his training levels. Um, but I think under Darren Moore, Darren Moore, I think we'll we'll take a look at that. He's you know he's he's from what I hear he's very good at, at managing things like that and setting up you know professional uh, training regime and he should be able to hopefully bring him on and that's the idea, isn't it? And you know th- there's a couple more in there that you can hopefully we can we can we can see in the future, but. You know, it, this is the thing with with academy football. What is it, Josh? It's something like one in something thousand kids make it yeah. through the system in the end, don't they? It's it's a real, it's a real difficult. You know, it's really difficult to get kids through an academy. There's so much can happen. The the way they grow, incidents. You know, their their off field behaviour, and it's there's so many wild cards that can happen with kids football. And so I can I can really understand why someone would go. Do you know what? We'll just bring them in at seventeen, eighteen when they're almost finished for you know, and, and cut out the money we'd have cut, you know, money we'd have spent on coaches and meals and kit and all that sort of stuff from age of six because it starts at six, you know, six to up to sixteen, and just and just start then with with players that have got ability and, and that will save us X amount, but there just wasn't enough decent recruitment in my opinion at sixteen to make this whole B team thing viable um there's some bits some some great bits but not enough of it really and i think that's all i've really got to say on the uh academy there i don't think there's anything really um coming in on online ryan windle says he was there last night great point in the end good on you ryan for getting down there as well to, to the arena but that's it that's all i've got this week uh cosimodo you got anything that you want to uh bring up no the games are just coming thick and fast out of birmingham next tuesday as well and then uh, would have been oh, for Wednesday. I'm all back, so just exciting times, isn't there? I, th- I think it's one of those. I think he'd probably prefer just like one game and a bit of time on the training ground. But I'm afraid it's the championship, mate. And uh, good job we're not in cap. God, I've got to say it, Caribou Cup, innit? We're never in past any other rounds. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Speaking it's, of which, <laughs> speaking of which, Ipswich are three-two up against uh, against Wolves, and Freddie Laudapo scored despite you know, two nil. They were two nil down, I think, as well. Uh, they were, yeah, now 3-2 up. So with 
20 minutes left, so there's enough time for that to end up 5-4 or 4-3 and all. So, uh, <laughs> Should a couple of kicks and stuff like that, yeah. Just... yeah. What do you think we talk about tonight? 77 minutes later, we're still going. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, right, so that's it. Thanks to everybody for joining us online. Thanks to uh, Magic Rock for sponsoring us. Uh, thanks, Josh, for for making one in. I'm sure you'll be, you'll it won't be as long next time you you're on the pod as well. And I'm not going to play out Stan. Uh, I think that was mentioned in the chat. Any M and M for the finish. We're not going to play that out. We're going to stick with the original. But uh, thanks everyone, and we'll catch you next week. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight Hands on while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.